0: Amen, I can't think of a better place to be singing than in the Lord's house, lifting up his name and worshiping him this morning. God is good. I know we go through a lot of trials and situations in our life, but uh but God is faithful. He is faithful. This morning, I want to talk to you about Daniel. I know we talked about him last week, but i want to I want to talk to you. About uh, again today, so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 2. And uh, I kind of entitled my message today, Daniel and the Danger, Dangerous Dreamer. You ever had a dangerous dream? Dream that scares you, wakes you up in the middle of the night? I've had a few of those. Some are, some are not so good. You know, those dreams, they kind of scare you and they wake you up. But as we look into Daniel this morning, I always find it, the book of Daniel is a, a quite interesting book because Daniel seems to be moving from one crisis to another. You think about that, think about chapter one, what happened? Daniel was living in his country and they, they came in and they kidnapped him and they took him to Babylon and he was then being trained to be one of the king's advisors and had to eat the slop, I mean the food. And uh, he didn't want to eat it, and so he put himself before the prince of the eunuchs and kind of got their way and got to eat the food that they wanted to eat. To chapter 2, where his life is threatened to be destroyed, to kill, be killed. Where we move on to Daniel and his three friends are thrown into a fiery furnace. A little later on, you see that Daniel's thrown into a lion's den. Man, this guy had it rough. You know, I always think, man, I got it rough when I got to try to get through a week. This guy, I mean, he was taken from one extreme to another over and over and over again. If I was Daniel, I'd say, Lord, just take me on. <laughs> you know, I, How much more can you take? Sometimes our lives also seem to follow this same pattern. Sometimes our lives seem to go from one extreme to another. We seem to be going from one crisis to another. Maybe this morning you're facing a crisis. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and nobody knows, but you're facing a crisis. But we see here in chapter 2 that Daniel was given a promotion and it places him in peril. And the second year of the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep brake from him. Then he commanded. To call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans. For to know the king, his dream. So they came and they stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I've had a dream. I dreamed a dream. And my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king. And Sirach, O king. Live forever. Tell thy servants thy dream, and we will show the interpretation. And the king then answered unto the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream, with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut into pieces, and your houses be made dunghill. Now, just stop there for a second. That's pretty rough. I mean, he wants to know the meaning of his dream, but he's not willing to share what the dream was because the dream had already left from him. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had nights where I've had dreams that troubled me. And it'd wake me up. I'd pray a little, go back to sleep, and you know, I could get up the next morning and Virginia says, Well, you were up and down a couple times last night. Why? I said, I had a dream. Well, what was it about? I don't remember. You ever have those? Just a little troublesome sleep. But if ye show the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. And they answered again and said, Let the king tell the servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation of it. And the king answered and said, I know the certainty that ye would gain the time, because ye see the thing is gone from me. But if ye will not make known unto me the dream and the te- and the time be charged therefore tell me the dream so the Chaldeans you as you understand in this text the astrologers were unable to persuade the king with any amount of logic or any kind of rational argument to get the dream from him you see they didn't know they they couldn't know what the dream was. They aren't God. But see, they, they, what they would do is they would try to force the dream out of the king, and then the king could display it, and then they could say whatever they wanted to say. But as we go on in this passage, and it goes on to say that he knew that they would be giving him the business, so to speak, if they couldn't tell him the dream. Daniel's position, now being a part of one of the king's advisors, had put him in a place of peril. He had been blessed from standing firm on his convictions. Remember remember what happened earlier on in chapter 1. Remember, he didn't eat of the king's meat or the the king's wine and didn't take any part of it. And he was wiser than any of the others. So he was, he was given a promotion. This had brought favor for the king and it, it, it promoted him. And so this promotion now placed him in a life and death situation. But I believe there are keys to confidence in a crisis. Not, we, we know, and I've shared with you this many times, nothing takes, the, nothing takes God by surprise. There's no problem that is too difficult for God to solve. And you know what? Daniel knew that. Because, see, Daniel knew all he needed to do was to pray and God would show him the interpretation of the dream. The king's forgotten dream, Nebuchadnezzar's nightmare, aroused him from his sleep. He was troubled by the dream, but he didn't know why. He called for the advisors to ask for details about the dream. He wanted to know why was he having these interrupted sleeps. And the advisors were unable to satisfy the king and his interest. They complained that no king made such demands of their servants to come before him. But he was making things very hard for them. The angry king called for their execution. So now Daniel is in a position of facing death. Why? Because he didn't tell him what the interpretation of the dream was. But Daniel had a response to his situation. And we see that in verses 16 through 18. When he says to him, here, then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation then daniel went to his house and made known to shadrach meshach and abednego but that was their names given to them but hananiah and Michel, and azariah his companions and that they were to desire a miracle of God, of heaven, concerning the secret. That Daniel and his fellows should, should not perish with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. So he, what is he doing? He's saying, give me some time, let me pray, God will show it to me, and I will come back and I will display to you that what God has told me. See, God speaks to us in dreams. And Daniel knew this. Daniel was at a crisis point. Imagine to going to see a powerful, tormented king who had just angrily ordered death. But Daniel did not... Sh- Shirk back with fear. However, he confidently believed God would tell him what the king wanted to know. But Daniel needed time to get the answer. You see, a lot of times we move in haste. We don't go to the Lord. We don't ask the Lord what He's showing us. Sometimes the Lord lays things in a dream in our mind and and we think, well, this is what God wants me to do. Instead of praying and seeking the Lord for his answers, we move forward boldly like a like a bulldozer going to tear down a building. So Daniel and his friends, they went to pray. When you find yourself in a tight spot, you share your needs with, with trusted friends who believe in God. For what? So that they can be praying for you. You see, a lot of us panic, we become disillusioned or distracted for things that are going on around us because. We want to know what God's saying now. We don't want to pray and and get the answer tomorrow or the next day. We're in a right now generation. And and, and I think King Nebuchadnezzar in this point was in one of those now generations. He wanted to know right then what the dream was all about. And a lot of times we're, we're wanting to do something and we know that we need to pray about it. And we're demanding an answer from God right now we got to know right now what to do. And that's, it's not that easy. Sometimes God wants you to wait. Oh, pastor, you just had to go there. That means you got to be patient. I can stand before you right now. I can tell you, my wife would stand up and give testimony. I'm not a patient person. Most. But I have learned over the years. To become patient. But don't mix patience with tolerance. You hear what I'm saying? Don't mix patience with tolerance. Some people say, oh, he's so patient. No, I'm just tolerable. (laughs) Doesn't mean I'm a patient person. I'm just a tolerable person. But we see here that this crisis that Daniel was in, it, 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 needs, it needs a clear direction. He, he declared that God would prove that the king, and he would prove what the king wanted. Then he called a prayer meeting with his friends. What a time. Your, your, your life is at stake and you call a prayer meeting. Most people would be trying to find a way to get out of town. To run. To become a fugitive. How would we respond to a life or death situation? If you were put in a life and death situation today, how would you respond to that? Would we panic? Or would we just join others in prayer and ask the Lord what the situation is? You see, Daniel and his friends cried out for wisdom in this crisis. Remember, God says if you ask for wisdom, he will give it what? Liberally. So Daniel cries out with his friends. They cry out for wisdom. We can claim God's wisdom and power too. You see, church problems can often be solved by prayer. Personal problems can often be solved by prayer. Not trying to figure out how to do it, but take it to the Lord and let him do it. See, a lot of times we don't don't do that. We we take a step back. He says in John 16, 24, Here too have ye asked nothing in my name. Asking ye shall receive that your joy may be full. So what does God say? Ask. Talk to me. Let me know your situation. He, but pastor, he already knows our situation. But he still wants to hear from you. He still wants you to communicate with him. You see, on our darkest day, God always seems to make a way. You see, in verse 19, then this secret revealed unto Daniel in the night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. What, did he, what do you mean, he blessed the God of heaven? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing to me the secret. Thank you for showing me now that I can go before the king and I can not only tell him what the dream was, but I can tell him the interpretation of the dream. So God, God bestowed that upon Daniel, was able to share that with him. I mean, because right now he's facing a, a pretty angry king. Who's willing to give some pretty handsome rewards. See, a lot of people want to pray. Get the answer so they can have the reward. But watch what happens to Daniel. After he blesses the Lord of heaven, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He he removeth kings and set up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge unto them who know understanding. He revealeth the deep and the secret things. He knoweth that he is in the darkness and the light dwelleth within. I thank thee and praise thee, O God. For my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, that I may known unto me that which we have desired thee. For thou hast known unto us the king's matter. So therefore Daniel went unto Enoch, and he goes and he begins to tell the king the dream. He tells him the interpretation. God answered Daniel's prayers and his friends. The answers came that very night. God revealed the content of the dream. Lives were going to be spared because God's answered prayer. A lot of times, the answer prayer that we're we're getting, it, it brings a joy to us because we have heard from the Lord. Daniel rejoiced because of the good news. His friends would live And they would expand their witness. Even the unbelieving advisors would be spared. Notice God spares them all. Daniel's prayer meeting became a praise meeting. You see, a lot of times God God turns our prayer meetings into praise meetings. Why? Because, Because we're getting the answers. He's speaking into us. He's speaking into our lives. People who trust God find that that is enough. You see, when we pray, we pray in faith. What do we pray in faith for? We pray expecting God to answer. How many in the church could say this morning, you know what, when I pray, I don't expect an answer. I'm just going to pray and whatever happens, happens. No, when we go to the Lord in prayer, we're expecting God to reveal an answer to us. There's no other reason to pray for something specifically if we're not asking for that. Many times in our lives, we, we, we want an answer, and we want it now. But I believe that when God brings an answer, it's an answer for a purpose. If you suffer for doing good, and you endure it, this is commendable before God. You see, we suffer a lot of things. But when we pray to God, we're praying for answers. What are you praying for? What crisis are you in that you're you're not diligently seeking God for, for the answer? Many of the people we admire in Scripture were treated badly, and God permitted it to happen. When we think about Daniel and his, his situations, from being captured and taken into captivity to being before an angry king who was ready to kill him because he wanted to know the dream, the meaning of the dream, to being thrown into the lion's den, put into a fiery furnace, when he did absolutely nothing wrong. You see... He knew what it was to go before God in every situation, in every crisis. Church, we have to understand that no matter what our crisis is, no matter what it is that we're going through in our life, we have to understand that we need to take these things before the Lord. We need to seek after God in our crisis. We need to pray to God in our crisis. We are called... Hear me now. We are called to overcome difficulties. The Lord says he has made a way of escape for you. He's made a way of escape for Daniel. We see it over and over and over in Daniel that he has made a way of escape. Why? Because he trusted God wholeheartedly, 100%, without wavering. Even when he was thrown into a fiery furnace with his friends, he trusted God. When he was put into the lion's den to be eaten alive, he trusted God. When he was in a life and death situation, where it was very easy for him to be killed because he didn't have the answer right then, he trusted God. In every situation, God proved faith. Church, no matter what we're going through, no matter what your crisis may be, no matter what your situation may be, God will always prove himself faithful to you. But we must, I know you probably don't want to hear this right this second, but here it comes. You must continually be obedient to God's word. You can't be the, the, the ocean that has got waves going back and forth and just turbulent all the time. We must stay steadfast on God's word. We must stay true to it. So be encouraged. You're growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. That's what Peter tells us. You see, we're all in a growing process. We all have dreams of many kinds. And we're all aiming for the same goal. At least I hope you're aiming for the same goal that I'm aiming for. My goal is is to be standing before the Lord and for him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You see, we're all aiming for the same prize. The same prize, the high calling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. Daniel faced many difficult situations. Many of us in this room could think back just a year or two years or maybe even three years at a difficult situation that you faced very serious situations. But what did you do in those situations? What did you do in those crises? How did you handle them? How did you get through them? I can say for myself, I went before the Lord. In the midst of my situations, I went before the Lord and I, and, and I, and I, and I, and I said to the Lord, look, this is my situation. I need your help. I need you to answer. I need you to fight for me. I didn't ask to go and fight into a situation. I asked the Lord to take care of that battle. The battle is the Lord's. It's not yours. And that's what we always have to remember. Daniel understood the battle was never his. He understood the battle was the Lord's. That's why he always went to the Lord in every one of his crisis situations. Church, we must go to the Lord in our crisis situations. So what is your crisis today? What crisis are you facing today? I don't know about you, but I'm not facing one at the present moment, but I know that if it came up, I know exactly where to go with it. I don't try to figure it out on my own. I don't try to analyze it on my own. I don't try to figure out, well, what am I supposed to do next? No, I immediately go to the Lord. Because that's where I'm supposed to take my crisis. Because the Lord is the one who's going to fight for me. He's the one who's going to bring the answer that I need. I can't bring the answer. Only he can bring the answer. And church, we have to understand it. That's why I say it's important that we have a daily portion of his word that we ingest every day so that he can help us fight the battles that come our way. Help us to bring understanding to the victories that are coming. Nothing takes God by surprise. And remember, church, as I said, There's no problem too difficult or too big for him to solve. No matter what it is. It may seem small to you. It may seem large to someone else. But God can resolve it when we lay it before him and let him fight the battle. Father, I thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you for Daniel's steadfast faith in you. Lord, as he stood before the prince of the eunuchs. Lord, and asked for favor in his meals. Lord, as he stood before a king and asked for time for the interpretation of a dream. Lord, in the other crisis that came up in his life. Lord, he always stood before you, asking for your help. Lord, we pray this morning that our crisis that we face, Lord, may you help us to be sharp in our hearts, to take our situations to you and not try to answer them ourselves. Lord, for we know that you are the one who fights our battles. Lord, you are the one who brings the victory in our lives. And Lord, I pray this morning that each one here would would live a victorious life because they have set before you all of their problems, all of their crises. And you, Father, will show them what it is to have true victory because they've surrendered everything to you. Lord, I ask that you would just be with us this day as we prepare to leave from here. Go before us, Lord Jesus. And when the crisis come up, Lord, let us turn to you and your word and let us take those battles, Father, and hand them over to you. And Father, that you would fight for us. In Jesus' name, and all of God's children said, amen and amen.